girls have ears, Yoko said. She's nine to five. Her nights are her own. She could have called us last night or the night before. But there is Cosmo, so maybe she wants her free time to be with him. The last time I spoke to her, she said he would be here for a week, while, as he put it, she got her feet wet at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Alexis said. The new year started off with a bang in D.C., There is all kinds of stuff going on that the president has to deal with. I guess that means Lizzie has to deal with it, too. Like, for instance, yesterday I saw in the paper online that one of the Supreme Court justices is going to retire when the court goes into recess. Then today the paper said that rumor was false. That's a whole big magilla for the president. I hope they pick another woman this time if it turns out to be true in the end, Isabel said. Yesterday I read that President Connor is cleaning house. She's giving staffers a chance to resign and waiting to see how that offer flies. Wonder what that's all about, Nikki said. Maggie said when President Connor took office she listened to the wrong people and staffers and positions were hired under pressure. She's going to correct that situation and Maggie thinks Connor waited until Lizzie was installed as Chief White House Counsel to do anything. Makes sense to me, Annie said. It's good to be home, my friends, Myra smiled. It was twenty minutes past the lunch hour when the bailiff informed Assistant District Attorney Jack Emery that the presiding judge was cancelling the afternoon court session. Jack waited a full minute to see if a reason would be given for the cancellation, but none was forthcoming. He turned his cell phone on. It rang almost immediately. He listened to Harry Wong's excited voice. You making this up, Harry? He held the phone away from his ear and said, Okay, I'll pick you up in twenty minutes. Outside, it was snowing lightly, the wind gusty as it blew Jack along to the courthouse parking lot, where he spent ten minutes clearing off his windshield and back window. He'd be glad when spring rolled around. He hated cold and snow with a deep passion. Forty minutes later, Jack carefully maneuvered his car into the narrow driveway in back of Harry's dojo. Don't you ever get anything right, Jack? You said twenty minutes. It's been forty minutes. My ass has frozen, and I suspect Cosmo Cricket is not the kind of man one keeps waiting. This is your fault. Who told you to stand outside? Certainly not me. The weather is not cooperating, and what the hell does he want to see all of us for, anyway? Just get in the damn car, Harry. It was an invitation, Jack, not a mandate. He didn't elaborate, just said it was important. And he said not to mention the meeting to Lizzie but he called her Elizabeth. I said, okay. I wasn't comfortable with saying okay, but I did it because he caught me off guard. The other said the same thing. Now I feel disloyal to Lizzie. Cricket is Lizzie's husband, Harry. Maybe he's planning some kind of surprise for her. As guys, we have to stick together. Did Cricket indicate what our destination is to be? No, just the address, and it's about two miles down the road. You're making good time, considering the weather. Just then, his cell rang. Harry mouthed the word, Ted, and listened. He grunted something and hung up. Ted said Cricket made him promise not to tell Maggie about this little outing. He's worried about making that promise. What the hell is going on, Harry? Suddenly I am not feeling good about this meeting. Yeah, me too. Okay, hang on right at the next corner. Go all the way to the end of the street and make a left, then another left, and that should put us on Morning Glory Lane. The number is 711. That's it, Harry said, pointing to a string of cars parked in an immense driveway. Guess we're the last to get here.
This is your fault, you schmuck. Will you just shut the hell up, Harry? Drack got out of the car and made his way up the long driveway. He looked to his left and saw that Cosmo Cricket was standing in the open doorway, waiting for them. Cosmo shouted against the wind, Thanks for coming out in this weather, gentlemen. Hands were shaken. Then they were inside a monstrous empty house that seemed to jack like a gigantic cave. It was warm, which was, he supposed, a good thing. He eyed Cosmo Cricket as Lizzie's husband lumbered his way to the back of the house. Again hands were extended as all the men shook, their expressions curious at this particular summons. "'How big is this house?' Espinoza asked. "'Sixty-five hundred square feet. I bought it back in September of last year and had it gutted. Elizabeth doesn't know I bought it. It's supposed to be a surprise,' said Cosmo. Harry stiffened. Women do not like this kind of surprise.